Amen. Thank you for that. Certainly appreciate the fact that song and appreciate the fact that honestly, grace exceeds the sin. Um, one time I was talking with a fella, and uh, and he had he was in jail for killing another fella, and I was visiting him, and and he said he said uh, he said how can I know that God will forgive me? I said, you know what? God forgave the apostle Paul. He was Saul persecuting Christians, throwing them in jail. He was sitting at the feet of Stephen when he was stoned and cheering those guys on to murder a Christian for being a Christian. God forgave him. And I'm glad for the grace of God. It'll cover all our sins. It'll cover every bit of it. And praise the Lord for that. God is so good, so much better than we are. And uh, man, I'm glad I'm a Christian. Luke chapter number five this morning. That's not the message, but uh, boy, it could be. Um, Luke chapter number five. Uh, I want to preach this morning on the, the catch of the day. Uh, we, if you didn't know, we, we went on a fishing trip. We had announced, and uh, uh, I had, I've never been, I've been fishing a lot in my lifetime, but I've never been fishing like that. I think we caught on that fishing trip more fish than I've caught in my entire life. Um, because I, I, as I said the other night, I, or the yesterday, I'm just not that good of a fisherman, I guess, you know. Uh, but uh, it is what it is, and I enjoy fishing, but I certainly don't claim to be great at it. And uh, I've grown up around lakes and rivers and fresh water all my life, and, and uh, I always fished more as a leisure sport. I mean, to me, fishing is not a job. It's, it's something that I do when I, I get a few spare moments, and I want to go out and it's set in nature and and, uh, and occupy myself doing nothing. And uh, that's what I do. I go fishing. And so uh, it's enjoyable. But as we were out there, uh, we were talking to the captain of the boat. And, and one of the things we, uh, you know, you think, man, to be a captain of a, a fishing vessel, man, you get to go out every single day and go fishing. And what a life. And, uh, and you think about that. And we were talking to him. He said, well, he said, it, it, it becomes a job. I was like, What? He's like, yeah, it, it becomes a job. And, and I started to think about fishing, and, and I've always looked at fishing as a leisure sport, as a hobby, as something you do to get away from everything and, and takes a little bit of time and enjoy it. But if you think about it, really, if it is your job to fish and if it is your job to, to find the fish and make the fish bite, that's a hard job. That's a tough job. Them fish, if they ain't going to bite, they ain't going to bite. And we find the disciples in Luke chapter number 5, uh, as we look at this in Luke chapter number 5 in verse uh, 1, we're going to find the disciples as fishermen. And this is not leisurely fishing, uh, but if you think about the way they lived their life, their fishing was their livelihood. If they didn't catch fish, and if they didn't sell fish, they didn't make money, they didn't put food on the table. And could you imagine the pressures of that? I mean, man, when I go out fishing, if I come home empty-handed, I've always said, well, uh, a bad day fishing is better than a good day at work, amen? I mean, you got out, you relaxed, and, and it was nice. But in, in the case that your work is fishing, a bad day fishing is a bad day at work. And it makes a bad day at home when you go home empty-handed with no paycheck. I mean, that's not enjoyable. Matter of fact, there's quite a bit of pressure on these fishermen, especially when they, they are absolutely required and they have to. And I remember living in Sicily, and there we kind of lived in a, in a fishing town as well. And, 
And, uh, and sometimes, man, those boats would go out and, and they just they couldn't find the fish. And, and, uh, and boy, what stress and what pressure. In Luke chapter number 5, verse number 1, the Bible says this, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. And, two, and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and we have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. When they had done, and when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fish and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners which were on the other ship that they should come and help him. And they came and filled the ships so that they began to sink. Let's just stop right there this morning and let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you just for your goodness to us. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity again that we have to gather in your house around your word. God, I pray that you'd use me. God, I pray that you'd speak through me. God, I pray that you would touch each and every heart as only you can. And Father, we'll thank you for that. And we'll give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. This verse has kind of resounded in my mind all week long as I have been uh, thinking in verse number 5, and Simon answering and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. And I thought about the life of, of Peter, and I thought about this is Simon would be Peter, of course, and, and I thought about the life of these disciples before they started walking with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thought, what, what a life it is, but it kind of resembles in reality the life of, by and large, the world today. And, and no, we, we live a little different, and yes, we have electronics and we have lots of things, but in reality, we have a lot related to them as well. And I want us to see just a few things. I want you to notice in this verse, first and foremost, that they, they toil, fishing, uh, was the word toil rather means to exert strength. It's work. Now, when I think of fishing, I think of grabbing a fishing rod and I think of going out there and casting out. And I was telling somebody else, I don't like to bobber fish because I'm not that patient of a fella to sit there and watch the bobber. I, I get fidgety and I can't keep my eye on it and I got to do something else and I, I just can't. I got I to gotta be able to cast and reel and cast and reel. It keeps me occupied. That's how I think of fishing. But these guys weren't fishing like that. Matter of fact, their idea of fishing was far different. It was to throw nets out, and, and those nets uh, were, were an incredible amount of work. I remember being in Sicily, and, and down there, they, they still fish with nets down there, and they would go out on the sea, and, and they have these great big boats, and uh, not, I mean, even, not even that big, but they have these great big net dispensers and these reels that reel all these nets in, and they'll let them out, and, and all this stuff, and, and, uh, and, and could you imagine not having that and having, the, I read that it would take four or five men uh, to take these nets and throw them out. 
They had to spread them out so that they would go out right. They didn't have a motorboat. They couldn't just flip the motor on and say, hey, let's, let's start dragging this net so that we can uh, catch a bunch of fish. And, and I was reading that they had, some of them would have floats on the top and they'd have sinkers on the bottom. And sometimes they would even send a man down to dive into the water and go down below and grab the net and bring it up so that they could try and get a, a school of fish all caught in that net. And that's amount of work. I mean, that's not the way I fish. If I had to do that, buddy, I wouldn't be doing that for leisure. I can promise you that. I mean, that's not leisurely. That's just work. I mean, when you have to go out there and exert all that effort and then draw that net and then pick up all those fish manually by hand into that, uh, into that boat and, and, and keep hoisting that net up and all those fish that are in there. And, and, and I could just imagine the amount of work that that would entail. They were busy. That was not an easy work. It was, a, it was a heavy work. You have to think of this as well. Listen, they didn't just go to a Bass Pro Shop or Cabela's and buy nets. I was reading that most of those were made by, uh, by hand. They would make those fish nets, or their family would make those fish nets. And if you've ever seen a fish net or uh, you've ever worked at all in, in fishing, you know that, man, you run a net through water, you're going to get a bunch of junk. That's what you're going to get. You're going to catch some fish, yeah, but you're going to get a bunch of junk too. And the Bible says that in the morning when they, after they had fished all night, they were on the shores and they were doing what? They were cleaning their nets. And there's a lot of work that goes into that. You don't just pull your net into the boat and if it came up empty, you just throw it on the boat and say, well, you know, we'll get it tomorrow. No, they had to go through and pick all the seaweed out and pull everything off of it and make sure there were no holes and make sure that it hadn't ripped or caught on anything and mend those nets and sew those nets and clean those nets and then fold those nets and take care of them. And there was a lot of work involved in fishing. And I'm glad that we just can have a rod and reel and go fishing today. So they had toiled all night. They had worked at that. But I want you to see as well that they, they had worked. The Bible says there in verse number 5, we have toiled all the night. Not only had they toiled, but I want you to notice that they were tired as well. Those men had been out there all night long. Now, I, I am not a night fisherman. My dad, used he'd go fishing and, and he'd fish for walleye and about 9 or 10 o'clock he'd He'd ask me, he'd say, you want to go fishing with me? We're heading to the lake. And I'm thinking, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, I'm heading to bed. I'm not going to the boat. And, uh, and, and they'd go fishing. They'd fish at night. And a lot of people fish at night. And, and these men had fished all night long. Now, I don't care what kind of job you do. Uh, it, it, no matter if it's physically demanding, no matter if it's mentally demanding. But when you work all night long, when the morning comes, you're tired. There's not two ways about it. Even if you work all day long and it's during the daylight hours and, and you work a good eight-hour shift or ten-hour shift or however long it was that these guys were out there, I'm telling you this, they were tired at the end of that time. And you think about this as, as we look at this passage, these men had toiled, they were tired, but I want you to notice beyond that that they had taken nothing. Now, I'm not the greatest fisherman, I've already said that. And I've been out many a times that gone fishing and come back empty-handed. But I've enjoyed the relaxation that it was. But I didn't invest the work. Can I tell you this morning, there is nothing more frustrating than investing work, investing your energy, investing your time into something 
and have it blow up in your face. And come back empty-handed. And say, I have absolutely nothing to show for the 10 hours that I put in, the 12 hours, the week, the month, or whatever it is. And these people had put in time. They had toiled. They were tired. They had taken nothing. And as I read that and was thinking about that, I thought, man, that correlates with a lost person's life. Because in reality, listen, they labor for riches. They labor for the things that they want to get. But at the end of the day, they don't have peace and they don't have contentment and in reality they have nothing and have little the bible would it's in Haggai chapter number one and verse number six the bible says as God is speaking to his people he says ye have sown much and bring in little ye eat but ye have not enough ye drink but ye are not filled with drink ye Ye clothe you, but there is none warm, and he that earneth wages earneth wages to put it in a bag with holes. I thought, man, the world is toiling much. They work hard at building their wealth. They work hard at the things that they want to attain in this life. They will work hard at those things to get what they want, but in the end, they're not satisfied, and they'll come up empty-handed, even though they have put a lot of time, and they've put a lot of effort, and they might have a, a large bank account, but listen, uh, they might aspire to some things. A lot of people, listen, they say, man, man, if I could just get 100000 in the bank. You know what happens when they get it? They want two. You know what happens when they get 200,000? They want five. You know what happens when they get 500? They want a million. And you know what? When they hit a million dollars, they're still not content, and they want two million. And then, man, i got to shoot to be a billionaire. And it's all about acquiring, and it's all about a chase to find something that, that does not satisfy. And they come up empty. And they toil, and they're tired, but in reality, they take nothing like these disciples who went home empty-handed. And in Haggai 1.7, the Bible said, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. We look at these disciples, and they were laboring without the Lord. That's the first thing I want you to notice about their life. They were laboring without the Lord. They had toiled all night, and they caught absolutely nothing. The second thing I want you to notice is I want you to notice their labor with the Lord. This is a miracle, no doubt, that Jesus did with, the, with these disciples. But I want you to notice that it started with little steps. Look with me at verse number 3. And the Bible says, And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. Here's what happened. Jesus had come through, and as he was teaching, uh, the people pressed him so much that here he is. He's standing right on the shoreline, and right behind him, he's all backed up. Uh, all the way to the shoreline, and behind him is this, the, 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 the lake of Gennesaret. And the people are, I mean, right there. And, and, and finally he says, man, Simon, hey, let me get in your boat, and, and I want you to push out a little bit uh, from off the ocean. Now remember, Simon was there. Uh, he had just finished a long night's work. He had been busy washing his nets and taking care of things and cleaning up, and, and he's thinking, man, I'm going home. Well, I'll stay and help this fella. Let me get on my boat and we'll just go out a little bit. And I want you to notice this, that sometime, most of the time, God will ask you for a little step in your life. And you know what I find is that most people and most Christians do not have a problem taking a little step in their life of faith. 
And so Peter, he, he took that little step and he went out into the boat and it wasn't much of a problem for him. I'm sure he was tired. I'm sure he was weary. I'm sure he was ready to go home. But he said, you know what? We'll, we'll go ahead and do this little thing. That'll be okay. And Jesus sits there and teach, teaches uh, those people as he's sitting there in the boat and the people are on the shore. And, and I don't know if Jesus was a long-winded preacher or not. The Bible doesn't tell us. And he probably doesn't tell us because he didn't want to encourage us Baptist preachers. We don't know if he was long-winded or not. We just know that he taught. And he taught those people, and as he taught them, uh, they, they were listening. And, and the Bible says uh, in verse number three that, that he kind of, or verse number four rather, that he had left off speaking, he had finished his lesson. And then he takes and he turns to Simon Peter and he says this, uh, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. We find that little step in verse number three, but now in verse number four, he's asking him to take a big step. This is no little thing. This is, this is a guy uh, who had just fished all night long. He's tired, he's toiled, he's labored out there all night long, and he's come back defeated and, uh, and has absolutely nothing. I'm sure that he was frustrated. I'm sure that he was stressed. I'm sure that he was concerned as he goes home. And he's saying, man, I, this was a, just a terrible day. And here comes this Bible teacher along and says, hey, I want you to thrust out a little deeper. And Peter's thinking... Who are you? And what are you asking me to do? He didn't say those words, but he did say in verse number five, and Simon answering said to him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. It was a commitment for him to go out a little further. It was something that God was asking, Jesus was asking Simon to do that, that was a commitment that said, hey, uh, we're going to go out further and we're going to let out our nets. I want you to notice that as this discussion took place, I could kind of picture it. Uh, here's Jesus and here's Peter and they're on the boat and here's the crowd. And while Jesus had stopped teaching, certainly the crowd, there were some that were watching and they were attentive to what was going on and, and, and they were kind of watching this discussion between Jesus and Peter take place. How would you like to have your life on display between that kind of audience? And here's Jesus telling Peter, hey, we're going to launch out into the deep. We're not going to the shallow pools. We're going to go out further out into this lake where there's some depth to the water. And we're going to go out a little bit further. And I want you to, uh, to, to let down your nets. And it's interesting as we read this that uh, <clears throat> Peter had already spent all night out there. I remember in verse 4, he said here, he said, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. He let the whole plan out of the bag. He said, Peter, this is what we're going to do. And Peter was stuck on a moment. I remember traveling with my kids. We traveled quite a bit and they were little and, and they would ask us all kinds of questions. And they'd say, Dad, are we going to do this? Are we going to stay here? Are we going to go there? Can we eat here? Can we do this? Can we do that? And I would tell my kids all the time, you are on a need-to-know basis. When you need to know, I'll let you know what we're going to do. And right now, you don't need to know what we're going to do tomorrow and next week and the following week. They were little. And... 
Jesus here, he told the whole plan to Peter. He said, you know what? Here's what I want you to do. We are going to launch out into the deep and you are going to let down your nets. This is what Jesus was asking uh, of Peter. And I want you to notice that it was a, a public calling. It was before this whole audience that he said this. And listen, uh, Peter, Peter is exposed to all these people that are watching this discussion take place. Now Peter's on the spot. What am I going to do? Here's this great Bible teacher. I'm, I'm an expert fisherman. This is my livelihood. I know this business. Of all things, I, I know what I'm doing here. I might not know a lot about a lot of other things, but I know where to put those nets down. I know when to go out. I know when those fish are out there. This was his field of expertise. And Jesus was, was saying, listen, are we going to go out or not? Peter says in verse number 5, We have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. In other words, he said, listen, because you're asking, I'm going to. And he said, let's, let's go ahead and, and do this. And so we find that as Peter uh, takes a step in his life, he took a small step going out into the boat. But then, listen, once he launched out into that deep, that was commitment. I was saying, man, we're not turning back. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I know I've already been out here, and I could think Peter uh, thinking in his mind, saying, man, I've been all night working, and, uh, and I'm tired, and I'm just ready to go home. But nevertheless, hey, uh, Jesus, this Bible teacher has told me to do this, and let's go and try this. And he's laboring with the Lord. Listen, I thought this was interesting. You as somebody that is unsaved can work and work and toil and be tired and still come up empty inside. And absolutely nothing in your life. But I tell you what, once you've met Jesus, hey, once you've followed His Word, hey, once you've listened to what He's said to you and say, you know what? I'm going to obey the Word of God. I'm going to launch out into the deep. I'm going to let my nets down. I'm going to do this, what God has asked me to do. I want you to notice that Peter was doing the same job. His job did not change, uh, but yet there was a difference that came about. Why? Because Peter obeyed the Word of God in his life. Hey, and he was now working with the Lord and not absent from the Lord. Man, what a difference we see in Peter's life when he started working with the Lord instead of working without the Lord. And listen, there's so many people in the world and they're toiling today and they're tired and they're laboring and they come up short and they don't have enough and they find out that this world and all that it offers cannot truly satisfy. Listen, if you'll just listen to the Word of God, God will truly satisfy your life because there's a void that only He can fill. You can gain all the finances you want. You can become a billionaire twice over. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care how much fame you'll acquire. I don't care how much uh, fun that you'll have in this lifetime. The fact of the matter is that void in your life cannot be filled with finances, fun, or fame. It can only be filled by the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to listen to His Word. And Jesus said... Launch out into the deep and let down your nets. I want you to notice 
a life of commitment from Peter. In verse 5, he said, at thy word. It probably went against Peter, Peter's better judgment to go out under that water, to be honest with you. I think Peter probably was not convinced in his mind, thinking, man, I'm, I'm going to go out, but I just spent eight hours. I just spent ten hours. I just spent the entire night out here fishing, and, and it was absolutely fruitless. There was no fish, and, and it was a waste of my time. But nevertheless, at your word. Listen, faith sometimes will go against uh, your better judgment. The Bible says in Hebrews 11:1, 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Boy, that was faith for Peter. He had already been out. He had already seen the evidence, and there were uh, no fish, I mean, that he had spent that night out there. But yet God was asking him, and he's saying, you know what, I think I'm going to go. And listen, sometimes in your life, God's going to ask you to do things that are against your better judgment. And as long as you know 100% for sure that it's God, hey, go for it. My dad always told me there's a fine line between faith and foolishness. The goal is to stay on that line. Sometimes it really doesn't make sense. I tell you what, you, you don't be a missionary and not sometimes bump into that line. And sometimes you fall off the foolishness side. But listen, Peter wasn't, wasn't trying to live through his intellectual thoughts. He was trying to follow what God asked him to do. And he did. And he went out by faith. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Look at verse number six. We know the story. Not only do we see a life of commitment, we see Peter's faith. I want you to see in verses five and six, or verse number six. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fish and their net break. God was clearly showing Peter his superiority in knowledge. Here's Jesus Christ. He's a Bible teacher. Jesus wasn't raised by fishermen. Joseph uh, was not a fisherman. Joseph was a carpenter by trade. And here's Jesus sitting by the Sea of Galilee, and it would have been very easy for Peter to shut him down and say, listen, you don't know the first thing about fishing. Oh, wait a minute, but he was the creator of the oceans. He was the creator of the fish. He was the creator of everything that exists. And so he did know more than Peter knew, but he certainly didn't seem like it as Peter stood there and, and thought, man, I, I know better than you. And listen, sometimes in our life we'll think, man, I know better than God himself because I've been doing this a long time or I know how this gets done or I know how this works. Listen, don't you ever run ahead of God. Think you know better because you don't. When you think you got it figured out, God will throw you a curveball. And he'll show you that you don't have it figured out and that you need to depend upon him. Peter was throwing a curveball and Jesus was proving his superiority of knowledge. Jesus was proving his superiority of provision. There's nothing as a father, and when I got married as a husband, there's nothing more than, than what I want to do was to provide for my family. And God called us out to be missionaries. 
and, and some of you know some of that, and, 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 and man, a day come where my job was cut off and I was stepping out by faith. And it was voluntary, I'll tell you that. I think God, I stood there at the door of the plane and God saying jump and God saying jump and I'm saying no. And I'm saying no and God said whoop. And I jumped. And I stepped out. I didn't know, I didn't have enough money coming in to cover my rent. Much less put food on the table for my family. And you say, man, how'd you do it? I didn't. God did. God took care of that. And you know what? We found in our life that God can take care of my family far better than I can. You know what Peter found out? He found out that God's provision is far better than eight hours toiling all night long in the, in the sea trying to get those fish out of that sea in just a short time. Hey, God provided everything more than Peter had gained all night long. And God was proving to Peter that he was superior at providing for his needs. Not only the fish, I want you to see the facts. Look with me at verse number 8. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. You know what? When you find out that God knows better than you, and when you find out that God can provide better than, than you can, and when you find out that you are not all of that and that God is, is all of that, it's a humbling experience. And Paul, uh, Peter fell down on his face and said, I'm not worthy to be in your presence. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinful man. And the fact is, when you realize God's ability, we seem so small. And listen, it was not just Peter. Look with me at verse number 9. The Bible says, For he was astonished, and all that were with him. It was not just Peter. It was his peers as well. It was James and John that were there with Peter and, and probably Andrew that was there. And, and they saw this and, and they watched and they themselves recognized and realized, hey, this is all bigger than us. We have toiled all night long. We have done our time and we came up empty-handed. And here comes a Bible teacher along and he just says, hey, let's launch out into the deep and let's let our nets down and we did what he said and we find out hey the nets were so full the Bible says that they could not even get them all into the boat and when they did the Bible says that the boat began to sink could you imagine that many fish being drawn in in one time and the facts is P Peter was staring the, the, this whole miracle in the face saying to himself oh me of little faith Man, I'm not worthy to be in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they hauled all those fish to the shore. And I want you to notice this. <clears throat> the Bible says in verse number 10, and so, and so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, look at this in verse number 11, they forsook all and followed him. Could you imagine? They had spent all night toiling and laboring. 
They were tired from that long night. They had taken nothing. Here comes the Bible teacher, and he says, hey, launch out into the deep. And within an instant, I mean, uh, they, they were pulling those nets up, and they were full of fish so much they couldn't even get them all in. And, and they realized, man, and when they got to shore, uh, they, they got all those fish to shore. I want you to notice this. The Bible says in verse number 11, forsook all. I've read that many times, and I've often thought those disciples left their boats behind. They left their nets behind. Listen, it's not just the boats and the nets that they left behind. It was that whole haul of fish that they left behind as well. Probably the greatest fish, fishing adventure that they had ever had. And they were saying, listen, uh, all of this, we're going to leave the fish. We're going to leave the nets. We're going to leave the boats. We're going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ with our lives. What a public commitment that they made that day they followed the Lord Jesus Christ you know what the greatest catch was it wasn't the fish it was that they had caught the Lord Jesus Christ in their life and it forever changed who they were that was the greatest catch it wasn't the fish it wasn't anything else. You know, the Bible says, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? People are living for what they can get out of this world. And the reality is, anything that you can get in this world, you're going to leave behind in this world. Because we can't take it with us. An old song I heard a long time ago, I think it was a song, and said, I've never seen a hearse following a, or I've never seen a U-Haul following a hearse. You're not taking it with you. They're going to they're gonna dig you a hole in the ground that's about eight foot long and about three foot wide maybe and drop you down in there and you're not going to take it with you. And even if you do, somebody come back later and dig it up and steal it. That's the reality. Christian, don't live your life for this world. Lost person, hear the word of God. Follow God. Accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior. He is the only one that will make a difference in your life. With every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand to our feet. What are you dragging around in your nets? Father, I pray you bless each and every person. God, if there's one person here this morning that's lost and without you, God, I pray that you'd touch their heart, show them their need for salvation. God, we can look time and time again into history and find man living for money and ultimately not happy. Man living for fame and he acquires it and ultimately he's not happy and we can find man living for pleasure, but ultimately he's empty on the inside. Because God, you're the only one that can fill that void. God, I pray that you'd speak to hearts as only you can. God, I pray that you'd help each and every lost person to see their need that can only be filled by you. I pray that you'd help each Christian to live for you, to abandon their forsake all, 
they're living for and dedicate themselves 100% to following you, God, just like Peter, James, and John did that day. Committed to following you. I pray that you'd speak to hearts as only you can. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As the piano begins to play, the altar is open. If God's spoken to your heart, maybe you're here this morning. You need to trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Maybe you've never been saved and you say, man, I'm living for self. I'm living for that money and I'm living for that fame and I'm living for that fun. But God, I, I want something more in my life. God's the only one that can fill that void. Maybe you need to trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior this morning. He'll save you. how you know for sure where you'll spend eternity, how you can put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here this morning, Christian, and you've realized that, man, there's something holding you back in your life and you're not forsaking all. There's something hung up in your net. Maybe you're tangled in the net and you just can't let it go. Why don't you give it to God this morning? Why don't you follow God? Forsake all in your life. Follow him. Stop holding on. Maybe you're here this morning and you need to join the church or you want to be baptized. Whatever the need, the altar's open. will take care of